This whole message is dependent on the Holy Spirit speaking. I always feel that way, honestly. But I'm building this message off of one phrase that we sang last week that just captured my heart afresh. I felt like the Holy Spirit was on it, so to speak. Some fresh heat. And that he wants to bless us. It's interesting, Don just came up and talked about how God wants to a fresh heal hearts, move in hearts. And I really believe that with, with a lot of faith right now, that as we look into God's word, we dig into this, the words of Psalm 23, 6, that God is going to be healing and restoring hearts right now. Psalm 23, 6 came up from a song that we sing, they borrowed it from the scripture, which is good. That's a good kind of song to sing. Your goodness is running after me. Yes. It's running after me. Yes. That is 100% biblical from one of my favorite passages in the Bible, Psalm 23, 6. We're going to dig into it in a moment. But the picture of God that's painted in that song that is from this very famous Psalm of David it's no trivial matter. I would say it is one of the, the core attributes of who God is. It's really the essence of the gospel that we'll see here in a moment. It's one of the, the primary ways that God is at work in the world and in your life. It reveals who God is or aspects, core and key aspects, gospel aspects of the nature of God, who God is, and who you are in God's eyes. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just saying, return to the simplicity of this message and, and, and preach the word of it, and that the Holy Spirit just wants to heal hearts. He wants to shed from us some lies about who God is and how he is or isn't at work in the world or in our lives. Lives. We all have an understanding of who God is. The way I like to understand it or just in a, in a picture at times is we have, a, we have a picture of God painted on the canvas of our soul, so to speak, of our minds, of our hearts, of our soul. There's a, there's a picture of God. We all have one. Like there's a famous book out right now that says, we are all theologians. That's true. The, theology is just the, your, your study and thoughts about God. We all have thoughts about God. That's the, what's painted on the canvas of our souls, so to speak. Most atheists are not atheists. They're hurt believers. They have a story to tell about how they're hurt and wounded. And I don't believe in God anymore. Whoa, that's a lot of emotion for believing that someone doesn't exist, right? The canvas of their soul is hurt. Primarily, in most cases, that I've talked to atheists by bad experiences with Christians, unfortunately, typically. And they allow that to shape their picture of God, who's this monster of some kind. But that's the point, that in, on the canvas of their soul, there's a picture of God. It's wrong, but it's there. We live from that. 
We live from that place of, and that's, this is what I would call what we actually believe about God. Deep, deep down. And how do you know what you actually believe? When life gets hard and how you respond, that's how you actually believe. It's deeper than our stated beliefs. What we want to say we believe. Oh, I want to say that I believe is God is good and only good. He's so merciful. He's so kind. He separates my sins as far as the east is from the rest. Then why do you have so much guilt? If you actually believe that he separates your sins as far as the east is from the west, man, you're walking in freedom. If you actually believe he's merciful, if you actually believe he's good, then you're not scared of what's coming. You don't fear the future. Proverbs 31 says that. That woman of faith laughs at the future. <laughs> because she trusts so much in the goodness of God. If we're scared of the future, there's aspects of our heart that aren't trusting in the pure goodness of God. And we're all in that boat. Our stated beliefs are different than what we actually believe. And that's okay. That's not a, that's not a condemnation. It's just a, it's just a reality because we all still have more growing to do. Where we, where we want our encounter of God, our experience of God, our deep innermost being belief of God to match what we know we want to and should believe based on his word. And so this morning, I feel like God wants us to, wants to take us deeper and, and help some of that, the goodness of who he is described in his word, line up in greater measure with that, the deep innermost being what we believe of who God is, the canvas of our soul, that picture of God that we wake up with every morning. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. I believe God wants to bless, to heal, to encourage, and restore this morning. Psalm 23, 6 is where this comes from. Do, what, to what degree do we actually believe this? Meaning, do we live, truly, truly live from it? It's the, it's, it is who we know God to be. It's painted on the canvas of our soul. It's what we're waking up with in the morning. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Fantastic verse. I want to walk through a few key words as a meditation on, a study of this extremely important picture of who God is that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to paint on the canvas of our heart, mind, and spirit in greater measure. And this is a perfect one to say, paint on the canvas, because this is a picture. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. There are verbs in there and nouns that are painting a picture of the nature of God towards you. So let's walk through some of these awesome words and, and meditate on God's word. The word follow. Ooh, it's a fun one. <laughs> if you're in your lift notes there, it's the Hebrew word radaf. And it literally means to run after. So they got it right in that song. <laughs> it means to chase. 
It, the literal sense, the kind of most primitive root that can be found is it's a hunting term. It's a hunting term. It is almost always historically, we'll say before this psalm, it's used to describe hunting with hostile intent. Now, obviously, we're going to see that flipped in this psalm, but there is an aggressive nature to it, is the point. If you're hungry, you don't lackadaisically hunt your prey. You will remain hungry. There is, as it goes on to say in the definition, it's considerable effort and focus. You are using strategy. You're focused on your prey. You want to eat today. So you are on the hunt with precision. That is the word that is being used to describe how God is coming after you. The same kind of aggressive intent. But it's all good. There is no hostility intended in any fashion. There is focus. Maybe aggressive isn't the, the right word to bring the connotation. It's intent. It's focus. It's a hunter going after his prey. But that's the focus that God has on you in bringing you the gospel. Two more words help make that very clear. What is he pursuing us with? What is he chasing after? I can't believe that that's the word. It's so good. Chasing after. Hunting us down. With what? The next word is goodness. Tov. So it means morally good. The opposite of evil. So this is where that word of radaf, that, that hunting down usually with hostile intent, is immediately flipped on its head because it's hunting you down with the tov, which means that the opposite of evil. There's nothing evil here intended. It's only morally good. God is only chasing you with good intentions. And this word is, is an umbrella word that is unbelievable. The different connotations that it has. We do not have a word like this in English. It's so rich in its depth. Like good. That's kind of bland in our world, right? Like so many, uh, it's good. It, like does that like, uh, <laughs> does that give you awe and inspiration of like, wow, that's good. <laughs> it's like, it's like meh, mid, meh, right? Look at these different connotations. The richness, morally good, it's the opposite of evil. It's pleasant, it's agreeable, it's merry and festive. So this is a, use, a word used to describe parties. Merriment, joy, festivities. Right along those lines, kindness, friendly, beautiful, prosperous. I mean, this is a huge word. I mean, we're, we're from kind, friendly, merriment, prosperous. So if you think good, it's like everything good. 
Now, it's like heavenly good. Like, if you imagine heaven and all of the goodness that exists in heaven, now we're starting to talk. This Hebrew word does much better than the English word. It even means a pleasant smell. A pleasant perfume. All of these things. This is what's chasing you down. It's morally good, it's pleasant, it's agreeable, merry, festive, kind, friendly, beautiful, prosperous, pleasant, is a pleasant smell, is chasing after you, hunting you down. But what's so amazing is it, this is not, we got to be real careful, this is not an abstract value or idea that's chasing you down, this is a person. This is trying to describe the, the nature of the person who is hunting you, who's coming after you. And, and this is where, okay, so meditating on God's word, which the Bible says over and over to do. Psalm 1, blessed is the one who meditates on the word of God day and night. He will be like the one planted by the streams of water where the roots grow deep. And this tree is one whose leaves never wither and it, and it bears fruit in all seasons and in everything he does, he prospers. So meditate simply means to chew on, to think about. And so that's where, I mean, you can take a verse like this and it's just spend some time on this, man. What, what does this mean? And here's my question to make it very practical. When you are honest with yourself, when someone says, all right, imagine God pursuing you. What is the countenance of God? If God is a person and he has a countenance towards you, what is it? This word gives us a picture of that countenance of God. What is the facial expression of God, so to speak, as he's hunting after you? Is it angry? Is it disappointed? Is it a taskmaster? Is he going to harm you? This tov word says good, pleasant, agreeable, merry, festive, kind, friendly, beautiful, prosperous, pleasant. I cannot help but think that if I am going to, let's, let's say I'm an artist and I'm going to draw God chasing me. There is no question there is a warm smile on his face. If I'm going to be biblical in my definition of God chasing me. If I'm going to honor God's word and the meaning of goodness, morally good, pleasant, agreeable, merry, festive, kind, friendly, beautiful, prosperous, a pleasant smell. God even smells good. What else could he have on his face but a warm smile full of love? <laughs> Nothing. It, nothing else fits. He's chasing you down with a smile. Yes, yes, yes. Let that heal your heart. I know not everyone in the room believes that at all. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Spirit says, can I repaint the canvas of your heart, please? Amen, amen. Let it be a smile of God that you wake up to in the morning. Because yes. his mercy is new every morning. That's right. 
He's pursuing you. Surely your goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. So when you wake up, who's pursuing you? And what's on his face? It's a, it's a smile. He's that good. And if any of us question, which we all do from the place of, man, life's been tough though. I've got these hurts. I've got these wounds. So it's like, really? Is it really a smile? And I believe there is an answer to the question that, that finishes, that, that, that is the conclusion to our doubts and our wonderings once and for all time. God, are you really that good that you're chasing me down with that kind of pure goodness? And he says, yes. How do I know that to be true? The most famous Bible verse answers it. For God so loved the world that he sent. That's called pursuit. He put his son. He sent his son into the world, right? He sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus said, so I came not to condemn the world but to save the world. So there you go. Separate the lie from the truth. You believe in any way God's coming after you to condemn you? Jesus says, you're missing the way that I'm pursuing you. It's to save you. Amen. That should settle the goodness of God. Question. What is he pursuing us with? The biggest possible answer is, look at the arms spread out of Jesus on the cross. This is God's answer to what he's pursuing you with. This is the goodness of God that is meant to be painted on the canvas of our soul. It is good. It is pleasant. It is kind. There is a smile a redemptive smile on his face. It cost him everything to pursue you with this goodness. And we're not even done. <laughs> the next word, mercy. That's a good word. There's a better translation, I believe. Mercy is a good one, but the word is hased. In the Hebrew. Translations, different translations pick different words. ESV that I was working out of has mercy. It's good. There's other ones. Steadfast love. I would probably tend to say that's the most accurate. Because it's this. The, it, the hesed of God is the description. And it's used a lot in, in the Old Testament. In the Hebrew Bible. And it's always around the, the covenant, or primarily, we should say, primarily used to describe God's faithful covenant love to his people that he has chosen. So another kind of nuance of it is this translation of like a loyal love. And if you've read the Old Testament, the, the picture is God is Faithful in his love, even when the Israelites are faithless. There is a loyalty, there is a loyal love of God, even though they don't deserve it. It's this covenantal, I am going to be faithful to you. That doesn't mean there's not discipline along the way. 
but I am going to be faithful to you in my covenantal loyal love even when you are running away from me. And, and it, that's a picture over and over. And so mercy is good. That's, that's good. That's part of it. But I think we need to know that God's love is loyal. God's love for us is not dependent upon our love for him. And that's where this word said goes so beautifully right into the New Testament, New Covenant picture of God's love of the agape love of God. Where it's this spontaneous, creative, like it's not dependent on us doing good things. It exists before we were even created. And over, it's the nature of God, undeserved goodness that overflows to redeem the world. It's most beautifully, I think, described in Romans, I think it's 6.10, where it says, while we were enemies of God, he agaped us. Do you know what God does to his enemies in his justice and wrath? <laughs> okay, and there it goes in that verse saying, but while we were enemies of God, he agaped us. This unbelievable, undeserved, spontaneous love flowing our way to heal, redeem, save, restore, bring us into relationship with him. That's what he pursued us with while we were enemies. And we know the rest of the story. The only way that is possible for God to be a just God is that he poured out all of his wrath on Jesus on the cross so that he could pursue us while we were enemies with undeserved goodness. That's what he's pursuing us with each and every day. The hesed of God, that loyal love even when you're faithless, he's faithful. Even when you're not loyal, he's loyal in his love to you. Another very interesting word as we're moving on. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That word surely equally and also means only. I like that a little better. Only, with only a kind smile of goodness and steadfast, loyal love, you are chasing me all the days of my life. God, help me believe, right? Help my unbelief. One more key phrase in the verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, this is interesting. This is David and his New Testament theology in the Old Testament. The house of the Lord is the temple, but it's a bigger picture than that. It's God's presence. David's declaration is because that only the warm smile of God's goodness and his 
faithful, has said loyal love, is chasing me down, then I can be confident that I can dwell in the presence of God forever. The house of the Lord is that symbol of God's real and manifest presence, the place where God communes with us. So David here is thinking about fellowship with God, being with God, communion with God, connection to God. I mean, that's what we all long for, right? To be with God. That's what it's all about, the intimacy with God. David is confident in his declaration that because of who God is and how God is pursuing him, no matter the circumstances, and man, the, the circumstances of Psalm 23 are not good. He's tired, he's weary, he's in a valley of death, and enemies have surrounded him. <laughs> Yet, this unbelievably confident declaration that he is going to live in God's presence every day, forever. That is another word. It gets translated in different ways in different translations. It means the continuance of days. So we got to be careful. This is not David simply looking into eternity, although it could be included. It's about continuance of days every day. So it has this sense of like day after day, unbroken, a continuance, like nothing can separate me from this day after day. It parallels the prior phrase, all the days of my life. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Every day of my life. That's part of how we know. He's not, he can't simply be talking about eternity. Every single day of my life. And therefore, that helps you translate the next phrase. Therefore, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord daily. In other words, I can be in God's presence daily. And how much more <laughs> now as we get to the new covenant and the veil is torn through Jesus Christ. Perfect life, death, resurrection. The veil is torn. His presence, that's, his presence is available daily. That's the whole point of the veil being torn. So putting it all together, a meditation on Psalm 23, 6. A translation, so to speak, through meditating on God's word. With only a kind smile of goodness and a steadfast love, you are pursuing me all the days of my life, and therefore I will live in your presence every day. This is not a perfect translation. This is a meditation on God's word. These are the kind of things we encourage you to, to do on your own. And there's lots of resources out there to do word studies, free resources if you want to go deeper into word studies. But even just any time the Bible paints a rich picture, which it does, man, the imagery in the Bible, the language used, like today, simple. It's a picture of God running after you. So spend time in prayer thinking about that, meditating on that. And does my picture that flows out of my heart line up with the truth of God's word? This is our confession of, of faith this morning. That God, what your, your word says is with only a kind smile of goodness and steadfast love, you are chasing me down. 
my life. So my great hope now is that I can be with you. I can live in your presence through Jesus Christ every day. And then this is where we, let's get honest with God. I believe. I help my own belief. <laughs> There's aspects of this that it's like, yes, Lord. But help my unbelief. God, reveal this truth more. God, would your Holy Spirit bring revelation of the reality of how good you are, the nature of your steadfast, loyal love, the nature of your goodness. Oh, that, 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 that kind and warm smile that's chasing me down with redemptive intentions. I want to know that. Help me believe this from my innermost being, not just in my words. And God, help me if I'm believing any lies that are keeping me from believing this. God, are there any thoughts in my heart that, that, that are contrary to this about who you are and your nature? Because if so, God, would you root those lies out? Anything that doesn't agree with this unbelievable goodness of God is a lie from hell. Not that we intended to have it there, but it is. Anything that, that says God is not chasing you down with that warm, redemptive smile of pure goodness and only goodness, it's a faithful and loyal love so you can be with him. Any little thing in you that says, no, I don't, no, not true, not true, that's a lie. Let God cleanse that out. So, so you know, we, we say those things like, oh, well, God is, God's, God's distant, you know. God is, he's left me. He's hiding from me. God doesn't care. He's abandoned me. He's not answering this prayer. He's, he's putting me through the, the dark night of the soul outside of his presence. No, 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 lie, 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 lie. Doesn't line up with God's word. Doesn't line up with God sending his son as the declaration of how far he's going to go to pursue us every day with his goodness. Yes. Furthermore, Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always to the end of the age. John 14, 8, I will not leave you as orphans. John 16, 7, the advocate will come to you. I will send him to you. The advocate. <laughs> John 14, 23, if anyone loves me and keeps my word, my father and I love him, we will come to make our home <laughs> with him. God cannot leave you if he lives in you. If you are his home, He's with you. Just a few of the ways in which this is where we come before God in, in, in that meditation on his word and then things come up and we're like, God, help me believe. I believe, help my unbelief. Help, get, 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 get rid of this lie. Get rid of this orphan mindset. Get rid of this wound. Get rid of this fear I have from you. Get rid of that, that, that canvas of my heart that's, that sees a look on your face that's mean and angry and sad and disappointed and I'm not good enough and I got to work for it. 
Cleanse those things, God. Let me just see that warm smile of your goodness that Jesus demonstrated with his arms wide on the cross. A faithful love that chases me down today to heal, redeem, and restore. To save, to forgive. I just want to ask us right now to pray. To have a holy moment between just you and God. You could call it just a a meditating on his word in prayer. I want to go back to the simplicity of this phrase and just ask you, between you and God, meditate on his word and let his Holy Spirit interact with you. The phrase, your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Or the exact Bible verse is only your kind. Actually, this is not an exact Bible verse. Excuse me. This is a meditation on God's word. That only, with only a warm smile of pure goodness and loyal love, you are chasing me down today. And every day, so that I can be with you today, live with you today, commune with you today, hear from you today, walk with you today, be loved by you today. Feel the embrace. (laughs) Because, yeah, when you chase me down and you get to me, oh, yeah, what's next? The embrace of all of that heavenly affection. The warm smile, the pleasantness, the agreeableness, the kindness, the mercy, the grace, the forgiveness, the loyal love hits you with an embrace. To fill us up. To say things like the Apostle Paul. That says your love is so deep, so wide. Higher than the heavens are above the earth or the depths of the sea. It's incomprehensible the goodness of your love towards us, your beloved children. And God wants us to learn how to live in that in increasing measure each day. So with these rich images of these words from God's word, let's just take a a minute or two and talk with God. Meditate on his word. Receive from him. If you feel any lies coming up, ask them, say, God, free me from those lies of who you are. Get rid of them. Replace them with the truth of your nature towards me. Holy Spirit, we ask it. As we just seek to respond to you, God, from your word, that your spirit would lead this time, guide this time, heal, restore, bring your truth. Be, be, be bringing greater revelation of the true nature of who you are and thus who we are in your eyes. Holy Spirit, come.
pray you make us like little children. That's what I'm feeling on my heart right now. Make us like little children who the canvas of their heart is clean and they're able to receive pure revelation. Help us be those little children of yours that enter your kingdom afresh. Help our hearts be childlike. They don't hold on to any of the baggage of life and lies that we've been fed by the world. Holy Spirit, bring pure revelation of the goodness of God and may it paint our heart, mind, and spirit with the truth of who our perfect Heavenly Father is. Make us like these little children.